Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everyone. Oh, to feel the presence of the Lord. I pray that you are experiencing the power and the glory of God in your homes today. Amen. I can't express how awesome his power and his love is and how prevalent and how important it is to experience the power of his spirit. So grateful to the Lord today for his goodness and his mercies. There's a couple things that I would like to say before I move into the message today, but we welcome you to Grace Gospel Worship Center. May the Lord richly bless you. And uh, we pray that the worship was uplifting to you. But I, I, I would like to take your attention to uh, our new church app. And uh, it's, it's a new app. It's uh, tied to our website. And it is uh, called Tithely. You can go there. There's a prayer wall. The sermons are out there. There's a place to give. Uh, we have a Bible app there. We encourage you to uh, go out and experience it, look at it, and if you can, uh, try to use it during the week. And I mean, just when I say use it, I'm saying get familiar with it. And so uh, we just encourage you to go out and look at it. Uh, we thank you for being with us today. Uh, I, I do have... I, I do have some prayer requests, and that is that I would like you to remember Brother Klein Dentz. Um, he's, I talked to him on Friday, I think it was. He is, he said it, it's, he's struggling to breathe, and it's very difficult to breathe. So we would ask that you continue to pray for him. Um, Scott Graham and his wife came down with COVID-19. He used to be a pastor in Indiana. He became the secretary to the super and dis, uh, national superintendent of our organization um, of course uh, then I've been in touch with uh, quite a few pastors uh, from all around and some churches have had to shut back down because they opened their doors and had church um, I spoke at the beginning of the year that if you had not had your walk right with God by after a year of messages of, to try to get the church where we needed to be for a time which I had no idea other than the Lord was leading us here that you need to get your relationship with the Lord right and that I would no longer be trying to uh, preach to the church anymore. Um, and little bit did I know when I stated that there may be a day that the doors would be shut and that we would not be able to fellowship together. Did I know that that was actually God speaking to the church. I, I just didn't, I just thought that that was a thought that popped into my head, but God actually laid that there. So I don't say that in to be bragging. I say that because we are in perilous times, times of trials, times of tribulation. So I've made a decision because God has not given me permission to open up on the 19th of July. And many churches have succumbed to the virus. This virus is not affected by heat or cold. This virus is transmitted by people now. This is not a virus that came up because of dirty hands, because of 
something you ate. This is a man-made virus, I believe. It is my responsibility to watch out for the body. Now, we may try some different things coming here for the month of July. But here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to allow you to be jeopardized just to come together. That's why it's so important that when you're in your home to stand up and worship God like you've never worshipped before. That's why, though you're not in the church house, that when the power of God moves, that you begin to move with the power of God, that you worship God, that you magnify Him, that you thank Him for His presence and His power that's in your home. got people that I don't think really take this virus serious so it's my responsibility to watch out for the church we will still have the church open for us to stream but you're going to have to worship God in your home you're going to have to pray in your home you're going to have to read the word of God in your home Churches are shutting back down because they open their doors. Pastors are sick and could be dying. We saw Evangelist Hernandez die because of COVID-19. So I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm going to wait on the Lord. That's all I'm going to tell you. If you stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, I want to say this today. I don't know if this is a day of teaching. I don't know if it's a day of preaching or if it's a day of treaching. I just know that God laid something in my spirit to talk to everyone, just be it whether you're saved or not saved. It'll be about Paul, the epistle of Paul in Philippians 3, 7 through 21. I will ask you to go to Philippians 4.1 after that. But here's what the Bible says in the New King James Version. It says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. He, he, he didn't think of the things that he had already gained or that he has lost. He counted it as rubbish. The more, the more, what he wanted to do was to gain Christ. Amen? Verse 10. Was that? I'm sorry. And he found in him not having my own righteousness, which is form, is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I may not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that 
for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren and sisters, I'm adding sisters because people get confused that because there's no sister in there, they're not included. So I will include you even though you are included. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. It almost reminds me of the day of Pentecost when he said, bring them all together. And when they were all in one mind, in one accord, then is when he would show up and pour out his spirit. Brethren and sisters, again, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Listen, he's telling you to remember the elders that continued to walk, that did not turn away from God. Remember those that had the faith that said, though he slay me, I shall live. Those that, that, that even though I feel alone, he is with me. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Philippians 4.1 says, Therefore, my beloved and my longed for brethren and sisters, my joy and crown, so stand fast, don't stop. Stay rooted in the Word of God. Stay rooted in the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. In the Lord, beloved. Before you're seated, let me just pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know how much I'll preach right now, but I just want to, I pray that I can get your mind to where this scripture has taken us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for the power and the Holy Ghost that has already fallen and flown in this place. God, that as it continues to go out into the airways, Lord, that your word penetrate the hearts and the ears of every soul that hears this and listens, Lord God. I pray for the spirit of God to move and intervene. If my life is not right, if I'm not where I need to be, God, that we get our lives right with you, that we may line up to your word, 
and be what you have called us to be. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray blessings on every ear and eye that is in this auditorium, everyone that is in our airwaves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to title this the prize, which is to know him, truly know him. Got a lot of people that say they love Christ and they, they, uh, they believe in Christ, but do they truly know him? I want to speak about the prize and to know him. I want to get down to what this is all about. I, I want you to understand what it's all about and what is the church all about and, and why are you listening to me preach the word of God today? Amen. Paul wanted to unite with Jesus Christ above everything else in his life. He noticed that he was already saved, but that was only the beginning. Everybody thinks that once they get saved, that's it. They don't need to do anything else, but I've come to tell you. Uh, here's what Paul said. He said that there is a place in union with Jesus that he did not yet have. Amen. Verse 12 says that he has not yet attained his, this union. He used the word perfect. Now, most people would like to say that because they've got Christ in their life, they became perfect. But the Bible says in Romans that, I think it's Romans, that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That includes your pastor. So I'm constantly praying. I'm constantly seeking the face of God that I might be perfect in Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, he said he was not yet made perfect. Now watch the goal. His goals were he wanted to know Christ. He had not yet attained or was not yet made perfect in Christ yet. Now none of us will be perfect. No one but Jesus was perfect. Perfect means complete. I am not complete uh, without Jesus in my life. If a man and woman is one flesh, then each of them is in, I'm sorry. If a man and woman is one flesh, then each of them is incomplete without the other. A man is driven to his wife because she is his flesh. He will leave his father and mother and stick to his wife. Amen. His peace will not be made until he finds her. He is incomplete. Deep within Jesus was something special. Amen. Before the foundation of the world, we were in him. Amen. In his thoughts, in his mind. And from his side, being Adam, we were taken. Adam laid down to rest and God took a rib uh, and built the woman. In Genesis 2, 21 through 24 says this. And the Lord God uh, caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh in his place, in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones. And the flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. 24 says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one as flesh. So the woman was taken from man. Man was no longer, longer uh, feeling like he was not completed. He was no longer one. Now he was going to be completed and he was going to have companionship he, he he would go to his wife and they would unite one as flesh again 
in the most intimate act of the flesh united a man and a woman as in flesh. John 19, 33 through 34 says this, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. So our union with Jesus is spiritual. That's something you have to understand. Jesus said he would build his church, Matthew 16, 18. You see the flow of the water, the flow of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 16, 18 said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As God literally built Eve, God built the church, and you are the church. Not the building is not the church, but you are the church. Child of God, man of God, woman of God, if God is flowing in your veins and he is in your life and you have been filled with his spirit, spoke in tongues, then you are the church. So as God literally built Eve, God has built you, the church. 1 Peter 2.5 said, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Paul said that, that as a Christian, part of the church, there was a drawing inside him to want to know the Lord. There has to be a drawing to want to know more of the Lord. Not no superficial know the Lord. Not, not, not so, let me just get deep in the word only, but you have to have a deep relationship with the Lord as you would with your wife or your husband if you were going to be intimate with them. That is like Eve being made, but after God built the woman, the woman and the man, each were incomplete without the other. I am incomplete without Jesus. You and I have to get to a place that we understand our incompleteness without the power of God in our lives. The only way to satisfy the longing for being complete is for the church and the Christian to want to unite with Jesus. We've got to unite with the Lord. We've got to unite in prayer. You've got to unite in reading your word of God. You've got to unite. Look. I will say this, one of the most important things for you to do is to build yourself a, a prayer closet and get intimate with Jesus. Begin to bear your soul to him. There are things that some of us have hidden deep inside our hearts and our minds, and we will not allow Jesus to touch them. There are things that are going on that need to be addressed in your life and my life. And God, we want the Lord to have the opportunity. I want to know him and I want him to know me so that we can have a relationship with one another. Paul wanted to have that relationship. Excuse me. Paul said this longing in him was so strong that he counted all things that distinguished who he was, things sought to satisfy his self. He saw it. It, it was a loss. He sought to satisfy himself, but it was a loss. He found these things were empty things of this world. 
I find that we seek after things that are empty in this world that mean nothing in my spiritual walk, that mean nothing when I'm going to get to heaven and I meet the Lord and he, on judgment day. Jesus has his goal. He was incomplete. He was not yet perfect. He sought to know Jesus. You see, Paul realized that he was incomplete without Jesus. Jesus has a goal, and the goal is, we, Jesus needs to be our goal. That's what I mean, I'm sorry. Jesus needs to be my goal. Jesus needs to be your goal. Despite every other goal that you might have in this world, you need to have Jesus as your top priority to know him, to see him, to feel him, to be a part of him, and to walk with him. He sought to know Jesus. We need to seek Jesus. We need to know him and unite with him. When Adam knew Eve, they were again one flesh. The rib was no longer missing from Adam. Eve longed to be with Adam as part, as much as Adam longed to be and united with her because they were each part of one another, just like you and I are a part of Jesus. Paul told us to walk as he walked. He said, how, so how did he walk? That's my question. How did he walk? He sought to know Jesus. He pressed towards the mark. The scripture says in Philippians 3.14, I pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What was the prize? What was the high calling? Philippians 3.8 says this, ye, ye, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Everything in this world is nothing. The biggest loss you could have would be not to have Jesus in your life. Everything about Jesus is meant to be ours because we are made for him. We're made to worship him. We're made to magnify him. Well, we should be anyway. I know we have a choice. The only, and all, and when, when we're resurrected in the body, we will be one with him forever. I want to make it there. Everything, everything inside me as a Christian is pointing me to, the, to this union. I, I desire this union. He said that he wanted to know Jesus and the power of the resurrection and fellowship of suffering. Why did he want to know that? The Bible says in Philippians 3, 10 through 11, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made com comfortable or conformable, excuse me, conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul said the union circle around the suffering and resurrection, it means the cross. That meant the cross. Are you going to be able to pick your cross up? Are you going to be able to go through the tests and the trials? I said to my wife, we had our first date in I don't know how long. We took three hours and we just spent it in the car riding through the country, eating ice cream and, and just looking at the Amish and, and looking at 
fields of corn, fields of wheat. Begin to look at the wheat. Some of the wheat had already been harvested. Started looking at things around us, and I begin to say, never in my life have I ever not been able to be totally free to be around my mother on Mother's Day. Now, there may be a day that I may not be able to have my mother anymore, but right now, it's tough. Second thing is, never in my life have we never had a Memorial Day that we didn't have family together. Father's Day, have we never been able to fellowship together? I know you probably already know this, but these are things that we used to take for granted that have been taken away from us because of a virus that was loosed on America or all over the world. Let me just say that. But the bottom line is we've lost some of our freedom. And, and we've taken that freedom that we once had for granted. Then when have we ever not been able to come together on a 4th of July? For us, it was chicken and wings and, and uh, uh, um, crabs. Yes, we had crabs, which we would like to have had that. And family in again. Never. Now, some of you may have went ahead and got together, put the mask on and everything else. But this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to pick up your cross. Why the cross? That is where we were first removed. Our sins were first removed from the cross. If he hadn't went to the cross, my sins would never have been removed. And since we seek to return to him, the cross is who we look up to where Jesus once was, that once that hung there for your, your sins and my sins. Philippians 3.12 says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended for Jesus Christ. He said he wants to uh, apprehend the very thing that he was apprehended for, to unite with Christ. He was, his sins were forgiven because of the cross, because of the perfect lamb of Jesus being on that cross. To experience the day we resurrect from this life un, into eternity, I want to be ready when God comes back for the church. Paul so eagerly sought the union with Jesus. He was, he was driven to it. I wish that I could be more driven. I wish that the church could be more driven. I wish that we would be focused on what Jesus is trying to say during this pandemic. What is he trying to say to the church right now? You look at the streaming numbers. No, nobody like we used to have are online. Half the church has disappeared. Have you been apprehended by the things of this world? Or have you been apprehended by Christ? What are you seeking after? Worldly things or earthly things or heavenly things? Who are you seeking to have a relationship with? Earthly things or heavenly things? Are you reaching forward to what you want on earth? Or are you reaching forward to what you want in heaven? There are no treasures here on earth that I want to hold on to here. My treasures are in heaven, and those are what I want 
to be holding on to and seeking after in Jesus' name. Amen. His eyes was on a goal and on the goal, and he pressed through every obstacle to reach it. So we are called to this goal. This is the high calling. Every child of God must recognize the high calling. The ultimate glory. The only place of completion and perfection. We, we are never going to be satisfied until, until we are totally one with Jesus Christ. Christ is already resurrected and glorified. And we cannot fully unite with him until we are truly ready to be resurrected from this world. And the worldly stains to be apprehended into the spiritual realm of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 47 through 49 says this. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. Get the scripture now. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. So what it's the scripture saying is that if I'm about the earth things as a man, that I will only be earthy. I will not have any spiritual desire. I will have no desire to have the Holy Ghost flow in my life. I will have no desire to be committed to the house of God. I'll have no desire to be committed to prayer. I'll have no desire. I'll do everything that I want to worship in the earth. And, and as the heavenly man, he will. everything will be about heaven. Everything will be about what, what am I doing? Am I doing everything right for God? So as is the earthy, so are they that are of the earth. And as they that are heaven, they are of the heavenly. Jesus is heavenly. I want to have Jesus in my life. My mind must be made up that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is resurrected. I must believe the scripture. Amen. We are not yet made like him in body yet. But we shall be the image of the heavenly. That means that we are not yet perfect in likeness. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 2 through 3, said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear that we shall be, but we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Now listen, didn't say that the pastor purified him. It said the man started doing some checking. <laughs> he started doing some accountability and checking, checking marks and seeing if his goal was actually in line with God's goal. Everybody tries to talk about the prosperity of God's people. Listen, you don't have to do anything but be faithful to God and prosperity will follow you. People don't get that. They do not understand that. They think they have to work harder. They, have to, they think they have to do more work. They think they have to dabble in all kinds of things. But if you will honor God, you will always be blessed and you'll never want. We shall be means we are not yet. 
So we need to pursue this goal. We need to long for it. Something inside drives the true Christian to this goal. If you have any grain of his life in you at all, any fragment of something that says you indeed were taken from him, then your heart boasts and sings praise and worship to him. Despite the pandemic, despite running all over the world, somewhere inside of every believer, this urge bursts when hearing such things. The deep calleth to the deep in 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 55. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Amen? In a moment. This is why you can't stop and drop to your knees and ask God for forgiveness. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Verse 33, 53 said, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must be put must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. This goal, this ultimate point, this being like him, is that we can truly know him is what Paul is seeking for and has sought for. We can know him now to an extent, but not fully become, uh, not fully because we are not fully like him. He is incorruptible. There is nothing of him that is of the earth. We still have these old bodies. More now I feel age coming on. But when we are like him in every way, then that perfect union will come. This passage lets us know that something remains to be done in us. 1 Corinthians 15, 22-23. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Amen. Paul lost all desire to, for things that distinguished him. The urge inside him to get back to his spiritual source became predominant in his life. Things that distinguished him, he knew, he knew worked against the goal of, that he had for Christ. There are things in your life and my life that work against the goal of having more Jesus and less of the things here. So he learned to despise those things. Wow. Maybe that's why the Lord's not letting us get together right now. To find out, do we, were we only getting together because we were together? Were we only together and we only raised our hands because we were in a group? Did we run because we were together and we didn't want you to think I was dead? Did we not, did we fake tongues because we wanted you to think we were saved? Did we dress and put on the clothes because we didn't want you to see the sin that was, was trying to get out 
Maybe, I don't know. But here's where we are. That part of the old Adam le is left. Flesh, the flesh. My stinking flesh. Sister, uh, 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 an elder in our church, she, she would say, if it wasn't for the stinking flesh, Sister Wetterskull, thank you. You still deal with flesh. But in the flesh is that downward pull. We can know him now, but Paul sought for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. If you read the word of God, God will bring knowledge to you. He will give you deliverance. He sought for the perfection of knowing him, and that required resurrection. That means he had to resurrect the way he thought, resurrect the way he acted, resurrect the things that he was adoring here on earth. He often spoke of it in Romans 8, 17 through 18. He said this, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, listen to this. For I reckon that the sufferings of the present time. Now, if you take the word of God literally I'm not suffering yet either other than I'm having withdrawals from people I miss the people I miss you all I miss the church I miss the church family but this is not really suffering and so for he, he said for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time we are in a present time that there are people suffering people are dying but he says, are not worthy to be compared with what we shall receive or what we can receive or what can be revealed in us. Romans 8, 23 said, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Like this, like this, I'm going to tell you a quick story. It's like salmon, you know, the fish. Uh, they, they struggle, they fight every, to every last ounce of their body to run upstream, to spawn uh, where they once were, where they were birthed themselves. Uh, there is a resurrection that will occur with the child of God, and we long to return to his side where we were first removed to be built up, to grow and become more spiritual and see things of Adam fall away. And once we grow sufficiently in the church, in our walk with God, and let that cry in our heart come forth in desire, it, that overtakes all other desires in our life, and you are soon ready to be like him. I heard many people say, well, I am like Jesus. I give. I love. Do you long to go to the cross for someone? Do you long to die for someone? Do you long to die for the name of Jesus? The closest times you are with him are two things. It's power of resurrection and fellowship of his sufferings. He will be closer to you in hard times if you will recognize it and in times of supernatural faith, 
than any other time. You have to be mindful. A lack of prayer will keep you from being close to him. Romans speaks of the desire of all to go to the full, to go to the full hope. We hope, and that means that we don't see all that we know is there. So we cry for it. Romans 8, 28, or 8, yeah, 8, 28 through 29. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the are the called according to his purpose. Verse 29 said, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. If we love God, we know that we will be like him in eternity. We will have that urge to be satisfied with him once we are united. And we will make that unity with him. Paul said, Paul said this in Philippians 3, 18 through 19. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Who, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. Enemies of the cross are people who deny the work of the cross upon their lives. They will never unite with Christ, for they do not deny themselves. You've got to deny yourself to be able to accept the cross. The cross is here to cause us to deny self and see all that is imperfect in us. The cross was accomplished to make you and I a bride of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, everything that could hinder the move of God in my life, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's what it's... I'm going to get my new King James Version. Jesus went through the cross experiencing experience for the purpose of joy. He knew it would bring forth the church, a bride for him. You and I will be the bride. He laid down his life for the church's existence, suffered but willingly took it because he loved you and I so much. With joy, we will, er, we will get through the trials. The cross is for the beloved to be united with Jesus Christ. And the things which remove us from the cross, we must learn to despise. Everything that Jesus took to the cross for my sins, and your sins, they are now under the blood because he was the perfect lamb of God. To stop this occurring, Paul said this in Colossians 1. We must be in Christ, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. This is... or. 
To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. have the Lord working in you and I, to have his spirit in our lives, I must lay aside everything that would hinder him from working in my life. I need the Lord today, just as you need the Lord today. So whom we preach warning every man, we preach warning you know why the preachers preach about salvation? They preach about getting your life ready for God. And this is why. Teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. I want, we need to be perfect in Christ Jesus. The only way that we can be perfect is by repentance. Repenting of our sins. Asking God to forgive us of our sins. If I have made things things here on earth a a God or something that I worship if something here on earth is taking away from the Lord then I must repent if you're saved you need to repent if you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost you need to repent if you're saved and you've been baptized in Jesus name you need to repent if you're not saved and you never repented of your sins, today is the day of salvation. Today you can ask the Lord to forgive you. If you're not in this area and you need to be baptized, or if you are in this area and you want to be baptized, notify us on our YouTube or, or by Facebook or on our um, website. We'll direct you to a church that will be more than happy to talk to you about repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and filling of the Holy Ghost. But if you're in this area and you want to be baptized, you want to know more about repentance and more about baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, please connect with us. We'll be more than happy to share the gospel with you and to give you scripture. Beginning... Uh, I, I, this is the beginning of a relationship is repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and filling of the Holy Ghost. That's the beginning of the relationship. And then you must maintain it. It's like your car. You take your car to the shop. You have the oil change. You, you check the fluids in it. You, you, you check the belts on it. You check the tires. Uh, you, you check the air conditioning because if you take care of the vehicle, it's going to last, right? And so the same way as it is with a Christian, they must service themselves that they might make it into the kingdom of God. Back in 80s, uh, 79 and 80, I worked at a full-serve gas station. I checked oil, checked tire pressure. We checked water fluids. We pumped gas for people. We washed their windows. You need to let the service attendant that is speaking to you today be checking your oil. checking your oil right now. You're a quart low. You could be a half a quart low. The Holy Ghost, the representation of the Holy Ghost is oil. 
So I'm checking your oil today. I'd like to say the gas and the oil brings fire. Which is what the Bible talks about. It was like a cloven. It was like fire. So I encourage you today. You want to be perfect in Christ? You need to be united with him. You need to be complete with him. And you need to be one once again. Some of you haven't been one with Jesus for quite some time. And that is putting away things of this world and putting Jesus first. I'm asking you to stand with me right now. I told you I didn't know how this was going to go. I thought really it would be more of a preaching. But it became more of a preaching. But God is speaking to those that may not be saved today or think they're saved, and the Bible said that when they realize that their Messiah, which is Jesus Christ, and that's who's coming back for the church, is Jesus Christ. They asked Peter, what is it that we must do? Peter said to them, you must repent. Turn away from your, your ways. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, not just some of you. And even if you've been baptized and you don't know how you've been baptized, he said to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So I encourage you today that if you have not repented, you have not been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. ask you to raise your hands right now. The power of God has been real. Whatever happens in the near future, we have to be saved if we're going to make it into the kingdom of God. This is a testing time for those of you who once were gathering here at Grace Gospel Worship Center. For those of you that are looking for the experience of God, we can, we can tell you the experience of the Holy Ghost is real. It's alive just as it was on the day of Pentecost. Bow your heads. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that every soul that's been online with us, that you would touch their heart, touch their soul. Let this word penetrate their heart that they might try or look and strive to be perfect in you. That they would seek your face that they would hear your word today, the warning that you are coming back for a people that have made themselves ready and that the things of this world will mean nothing when it comes to the day of resurrection. Even for me, that day, if I have built anything here on earth that would take away from you, I will be lost. No matter how long I keep preaching, if I have any other gods before me, your word says I will not make it into the kingdom of God. So I repent again today, God, before you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, Lord. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of any thoughts that might be wrong. Forgive me of actions that might be wrong. 
Forgive me of words that I may have said that might be wrong. Forgive me for not using wisdom if I haven't used wisdom in the past, Lord. Reveal to me you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Worship with us as we sing. God bless you. overflowing my cups overflowing and no weapon can harm me no weapon can harm me I won't fear I won't fear lift your voice and say hallelujah and valleys through mountains and valleys his joy is refreshing his joy is refreshing what does it do it restores my soul restores my soul lift your voice and say mercy and good mercy Gives me 